What's up, guys? This is Juan, the trailer guy, with another episode of Full Send. And on this one, as you can see, I have Kiefer. Hello, how are y'all? From Marketography. I'm also usually the guy behind the camera. Yeah. But, uh... He's a little, he does a little bit of everything. I do a lot of everything. But, no, but a bunch of nothing. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Hey, that's a compliment. I'll take it. But now, now today, we're just going to be... So, on the topics that I hit before, um, and just how creative marketing and all that plays into effect with prospecting and building your pipeline and just having that that area and your expertise of marketing play an effect with that. Yeah. Let's get straight to the point. This is what yeah. you do and what you don't do. No bullshit. Sugar coat when it comes to repairs and maintenance. If I used to go to for seeing no edits, cause just go to for seeing and we'll get you done right. Yeah. For seeing and we'll get you going right. For seeing keep it going day and night. Yeah. So you talked about prospecting, opening, uh, uh, you know, being prepared. Then you had the presentation, yeah. the, 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 the close, and then probably to me, the most important is the follow-up. Right. So those, those seven things, um, if, if y'all missed those, go back and check them out. Um, uh, a couple of episodes are short and sweet and we have a NATM episode wedged in the middle of all those that we went to. Yeah. Somewhere which kind of sums up everything you were talking about. Yeah, pretty much. It, it puts everything in a nutshell. And I know you're probably ed still editing it, but it's going to be a video of just of a walk around of me, Tyler, Caitlin, and what happened there at NATM. Or not, yeah, NATM. Yeah, it's a little, little promo. You get to see it. There's no real audio or anything. Just showing that we were there. Um, really brand awareness, which we'll kind of talk about today. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of get to it. What, what do you, uh, what, what's the first subject inside the creative realm of business? Are we going to tackle first? So with anything, it'd be prospecting, knowing who you're going after. So, I mean, and I feel that in your, your, in marketing that that's going to play an effect because it goes back to your market research of if you have somebody who does your SEO or whatever, I don't even know how all that plays into effect. Okay, but. so we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go prospecting. We'll start there. Um, so you have a product or a service you're offering. If you have product A and product B, they serve two different clientele or two different purposes, two different audiences. You'd have two different um, segments you'd have to put out there. Yeah. So in our world with trailers and trailer parts, you have axles, uh, fenders, couplers. Springs, so forth, so forth, so forth. So you have so many industries that that touches. So hot shotting, transportation, camping, hike, you know, that. all that. So all of these things you have to kind of figure out, all right, who is your target audience among all these people? Who is the ones, who are the ones that are going to most likely buy product A, from your company to serve their purposes? What what solutions do you have for their problems? And when you look at it, it's figuring out, all right, age range, uh, sex. Uh, Geography. Where they're at. Because I know, I know with us, we have a lot of California customers or like West Coast, 
not much like between like Arizona to Texas. We have some, but then it gets really heavy on the East Coast. And the whole trailer world in itself, like the Northwest, nothing's there. So when we target those areas, nothing really happens. They all rely on their pet boys or AutoZone or tractor yeah. supply, that kind of thing. Whereas with us, what we do is we market a lot in the South. And we hit, you know, not to give away trade secrets, but male, certain age range, and certain interests. And that tends to be the prospecting that we do for lead generation. And that lead generation comes back either whether it's email, whether it's yeah. social media, and all, all that kind of stuff. And all, all that. And that supplies that pipeline for our sales team or for our e-com. Because e-com is a pretty much a salesperson in itself. Right. And when we look at this, when we go from point A to point B, you're prospecting. It's the same as if you're going to pick up the phone call. You know, there's apps that will scrape LinkedIn and give you emails. Uh, so if you're more of a service, business services or B2B community or B2B company, you have all that information right at your fingertips. You know exactly who to contact and where to contact them at. Then you have, it's pretty much, well, it's pretty much the, like a phone book. It's, yeah. you know, this company and it Customer lists you. Yeah. yeah. So as you're building your book of business, you have people you can start adding as your prospect to convert them over to those customers and build those relationships with. Yeah. Um, and then you get to, you know, being prepared, knowing how your advertising is going to capture the thought of a solution to problems. I mean, uh, as as a filming this, yesterday was the Super Bowl. One of my favorite parts of the Super Bowl are the commercials. Hell yeah. And, and they put a lot of thinking behind what they're going to put. And even beyond that, just like the creative aspects to everyday things we see. Um, I haven't watched all of them. I was actually traveling back from Los Angeles yesterday, so I was, you know. Didn't get to watch the game, but I definitely YouTubed a lot of the commercials. And as always, they're mind-blowing. My wife hates commercials, and I'm like, that's what I do for a living. I need to see these. I want to be up to date on it. But when you look at being able to, to have that spark of a solution to a problem, that's you being prepared. And that could be email marketing. Now, there's, there's companies out there where you can buy databases, and it gets around the whole... Apple, no tracking stuff because it goes off IP address and that kind of thing. But one of the most beautiful things is seeing that preparedness to your prospects and having that mentality of, I've got a solution for your issues. I've got this. Come talk to me. And then it's on that salesperson or the website, whatever yeah. touch point that customer goes to. And, and I'll say this, that I, I've been in, in the role that I've had and I've played in this company and just with every other company I've been with. What draws a lot of interest to me when I when I go to their site is their website. And I've been to some websites that are like, damn, this is very informative. And I've been to some websites like This is sketchy as shit. Yeah, I'm moving it's like, on. What the hell is this? They want me to spend a certain amount of money with them, but their website looks like a five year old put it together overnight. So our first website. With the trailer parts outlet, um, before it was big commerce. Yeah. We're on Shopify now. So three, maybe four iterations ago. Oh my gosh. It was one of those, unfortunately. And there's there's a tool if you ever want to look at it, it's called the Wayback Archives or the Wayback Machine. 
it gives you like snapshots of like previous website versions. (laughs) It's one of the greatest things in history. Like you can see some funny crap. Like they had that. And you have to remember 1998, 2001, 2010, like these, these major changes. Um, And it shows you how companies develop too. Like, do they put money into marketing dollars? Do they not? Um, But that's one of the biggest turnoffs to me is a company that is established that doesn't want to put effort into their digital touch points. Yeah. That and even like in just this time of age now where everything's off of e-com, where everything's based off of you start doing a search on your fucking phone. Yeah. This right here is one of the greatest sales tools for buying or selling. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is no matter how much you have access to stock wise, you have phones, you have whatever your business looks like. If you do not take advantage of that digital side, whether that's social media content, social media marketing, um, putting money into SEO, and we're in, a, we're in a place where, like our website, because of the listings we have and the amount of products and the jargon that goes with those products, our, our SEO is naturally amazing. Yeah. But you have to actually put effort into it if you only sell under 100 products. You know, you have to actively try to get those, bo- those pages boosted with SEO and so you can be found on Google. And that's, to me, that's part of presentation. You know, when you're presenting yourself online, how are they going to find you? Exactly. And it, it's, it almost goes back to like, which is just brand awareness of what you're offering and, you know, just your approach and your presentation of everything. Um, it's a key point. The beauty of it is you really don't handle objections when you, when you do an e-commerce website. No, you just have Google telling you your site sucks. Yeah. You know, page load speeds or like your SEO is wrong or like, broken links. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that outside of like the whole rejection thing, there's 90% of your digital marketing and your, the, the digital touch points for your customers is all about the preparedness and the presentation. Yeah. After that, all it's, the information, all your cookies right there in one spot. Now you, you do have bounce rates, bounce rates, which like when someone goes to your site, how long do they stay there? Do they convert? Do they not convert? And oh. That those that would be considered your objections, and uh, if you follow the analytics on that and the trends of the people going to your site, you can learn a lot about how to improve. Um, one reason that uh, I started marketography because we've been Inc. Five Thousand four times in a row, um, from nothing to almost seventeen mil last year. Like we we've grown this, and it's a lot of it's to do with the marketing with yeah. the the website. So we started marketography to say, hey, look, you're a small business. You're a business of X number of people or whatever that may look like. You, you need help. Let us help you. We can use our Inc. 5000 experience to move you along yeah. and grow. We've done been through the, the pain and growing pains of that. And we're still going through some of those growing pains. But the, all the knickknacks that anybody else is going to try to force on you and try to do that, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. Basically, what you're saying is you're going to, Shrug all that off. You know what, as long as they give you all the content of what, what you need and information. Yeah, and and the, the, the really, really good thing about this is there's people out there. There's a, there's a restaurant in town that was flirting with us to do some marketing, and they kept on 
their their go-to was, oh, well, we can do it ourselves. We can go to Wix for our website. We can do this. We can do that. And yes, my whole job is because most people are lazy or they don't want to take the time to learn or they don't have the capacity to learn or they're left brain or right brain instead of left brain. However, however you want to look at that. But I've grown exper- my experience through others that didn't want to or couldn't. And I go back to what I tell a bunch of my customers is when, oh, well, I can go over here and, and find parts here. I can find parts over here for cheaper. I can find, I was like, okay, but you're wasting a whole freaking day of trying to source something out cheaper when, yeah, you saved $5, but how much time, how much is your time worth to do that? That is the exact point I make to people because, yes, you can do it. But your 16, 17 hours of building a crappy site versus my 20 to 30 building an amazing site. And the the uh, the, the interaction and the, the features of that and how it's going to, the presentation of it, you can actually take the time and put the work into it and not rush through it is, is the key fact. Well, when you look at it from an analytical standpoint, what is the main thing businesses look for? ROI, your return on investment. If you do it, what is going to be your ROI on a crappy Wix website or a Squarespace site that isn't finished out versus a professional, clean, fully coded and developed website that has SEO uh, SEO built into the copy of it, all the markup done, and functional and interactive on all devices, you know, a responsive website. So how much more is that ROI going to be? Yeah, your output's going to be anywhere's cheapest I do websites for is five grand, but that five grand versus your day of labor messing around with the system. And ultimately once you start getting to the point of knowing, Hey, this isn't working right. You're going to call me or someone like me anyways. So the ROI of a one-time spend and not have that many hours put into it, how much ROI are you going to get off that versus you doing it yourself? Very true. You know, just like me, I'm not, I work at a trailer parts place. Does that mean I'm going to go fix my own camper? No, I'm going to get the parts and bring it up here. Well, not me get the parts, but order the parts, go out there, say, Hey guys, this needs to be fixed. Can y'all do that? Send me a bill because our shop guys are better at fixing stuff than I am. It would take me five days and I would screw it up worse. I mean, this is, I would say it's not one of those. DIY type projects that you'd want to vent. If you had the time and you had nothing else to, to do, I would say go for it. But if you're trying to run a business, trying to maintain your, your customers happy, your employees happy and trying to get more, uh, like I said, ROI and, and just get, get more traction, then I'd definitely say, you know, either find somebody like Keith, like Keith, go to Kiefer, find somebody like Kiefer to do something like that. But it's very important just for branding purposes, really. Brand awareness. One of the scariest parts of any business because that's money most companies think they're throwing away. Us at the Trailer Parts Outlet, we're doing two podcasts, about to add two more video series as well as a repair video series coming up. And That's good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, All of that's going to be brand... all, All of this is brand awareness. Yeah. Because... We're not selling something. 
this is to get our name out there to show industry that we're you know above the industry standard. We're getting out in front of there's a industry forefront when it comes to knowledge, and we're sharing that. So this is all brand awareness. This isn't a sales pitch for our new TK axles that we manufacture in house. A seven year warranty. You know, best in the industry there. But this isn't a sales pitch for that. It's not a hey, click now, click now, buy this. This is sharing information and sharing knowledge and getting out in front of viewers. So this right here to most businesses would be a waste of money because there's no immediate ROI or even trackable ROI on this. But there's a lot of companies now seeing the value of this. Oh, yeah. And even at the NATM show, um, the Karen... A badass person if you ain't met her. Karen Anderson, right? Yeah, Karen Anderson. Badass chick. Um, she even said, you know, it what we're doing is something no one's really ventured off into. And There's some companies copying. Yeah. And I mean, they might have been doing it before, but to the to the aspect or to what how we're doing it and pushing it, I would say probably not. But it it works. It's brand awareness and just product knowledge. And it's it's crazy how a lot of people oversee that and think it's a waste of time. Well, I mean, it when you look at it from a creative aspect, this allows your employees, in this case, for this example, you, you vent through this, which de-stresses you a little bit. You get to share knowledge, which improves your personal brand. So people call up, hey, is Juan there? I would like to, I need an axle. Is Juan available? And it builds your pipeline. As well as if you're not available, it builds the other salespeople's pipeline. Yeah. You know, and that's what all this comes back to is putting you, putting yourself out there so you are known in this position for this company. And hey, I do this, call me. You know, it goes back to your prospecting. Anybody watching this, that sees the trailer parts outlet, clicks on this and says, oh, huh, I need to call that guy. I need an axle. Or it might be, hey, I need to call this guy. I'm a sales guy and I suck right now. Hey, Juan. Oh, you do sales? Cool. Uh, we have a position open or we don't. Or relationship, call me back in six months. That follow-up. Yeah. So there's so many reasons why we do this. And it's not all about immediate return on spend either. Yeah. But, you know, just... Going, going through this, don't be scared of spending money on marketing. Don't be scared to spend money on brand awareness. And give up those reins on things you think you could do, but you know someone else could do better that would benefit your company. Um, because Don't be and, afraid to grow. Don't be afraid to change. You know how many times I hear, well, I can't handle my business as is. I'm denying people. Well, cool. Hi, hire more people or make a waiting list. But my thing is, and I think I got a fucking screenshot of it. And I, if you follow me on LinkedIn, if you don't go follow me, um, but I put this picture on LinkedIn, if I can find it, but it's basically saying, keep your sales pipeline full by prospecting continuously. Always have more people to see than you have time to be seen or to see them. And same thing goes for marketing. 
Um, it's it's crazy because you got some people who, and it happens here because I got people who are telling, me, "Well, I don't have time," or you know, "I, I don't want, I don't have time having trouble taking care of my customers." No, I'd rather have that issue and not be able to take care of getting back to every customer that I have in one day than being a dry spell where I have no phone calls coming in and I have nobody to call because that's food as, not on your table at that point. Yeah, just as in sales with anything, your company you work for will put is bringing in, in phone calls. But at the end of the day, what are you providing for the company? Where's your worth? What are you doing yeah, to make I yourself mean, back to an your, asset? Your pipeline, the size of your pipeline, your net worth, your customer net worth. I mean, it, it it's stuff that people in a leadership position are looking at when the sales numbers are down, when the phone calls are slow, when we're not hitting quotas when we're like we're supposed to. And so far, I can say we haven't had that issue this year, and we kind of have a rough, rough uh, patch last year. But it improved, and that's what it's all about. Dude, our team is kicking ass this year. Like, yeah, well, that's fake wood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it. it if we fucking go down, I'm gonna kick your ass. And this is, it's recorded on this podcast. As long as we go TikTok live. But no, it so far we've been doing good. Um, we're coming up to the busy months, and hopefully, you know. Our our numbers for next month are a little bit high. Am I intimidated by it? Yeah, but am I scared of it? Fuck no. I mean, like I said it goes back to prospecting and, and building that pipeline and just having that book of customers that you can call up to help you get out of bond because it's all about scratching my back and they scratch your and they'll scratch your back. Or no, me scratching their back and they scratching my back. Yeah, there you go. You always mess that one up. I know, but. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I will say this, Kiefer gave me a tap card, and I don't know where it's at. It's in my wallet, but those are pretty cool. I just ordered three more for a customer today. That's awesome. But no, um, I enjoyed being on the podcast with you, um, especially talking, you know, the nerdy side of business with marketing. and Yeah, that's all you. All yeah. Right. But no, uh, if y'all want to find out more, uh, uh, marketography's information will be down below as well as mine. Uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, you know, yeah, I enjoyed it. Appreciate you for coming on. Uh, again, I don't really get that many guests, so it's always fun when I have somebody because I ain't got to talk all the time. But no, uh, again, if you haven't subscribed or liked our podcast or subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. Uh, don't forget... Friday's uh, women in the trailer, women in the trailer industry. Their new episodes drop every Friday. Mine drop every Mon or Wednesday. I'm gonna get this right one of these days. But mine drops Wednesdays. Theirs drops Fridays. If you haven't listened to theirs, check it out. Um, women, if you're listening to this, ladies, check out their podcast. Real interesting, even with with the fellas. Um, just their standpoint and their their view of. Being in an industry uh, dominated by the male, by the male role model, or not role model, but but the male role. Husbands, Husbands. tell your wives about the podcast. The women in the industry trailer. Wow, now I'm messing it up. Yeah. Dang, Juan, I produced this thing. Yeah, women in the trailer industry. Uh, but yeah, check I, us out. I will start editing this one. But now, hey, if y'all have a topic, I don't know if this is gonna be in there, but if not. 
Do I have a topic you want me to talk about? Uh, feel free to shoot shoot us a message or give us uh, shoot shoot me a call or a text. Um, or if you want to be a guest on the podcast, go for it. Just let me know. Let's get straight to the point. This is what you do and what you don't do. No bullshit. Sugarcoat.